Thank you for listening to the Healthcare Podcast with Dr. K and Lindsay, where we aim to uncover the myths of modern healthcare to help families discover cost transparency, improved access, and innovation. Dr. John Kaiser is a practicing OBGYN and the president of Salser Health. And Lindsay Heiner is a healthcare advocate and a mother of four kids. Now, let's talk healthcare. Hey, this is the Healthcare Podcast with Dr. K and Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay, how you doing today? Doing great. How are you doing, Dr. Kaiser? I'm doing excellent. I am thrilled to be here with you. Great. It's going to be a fantastic podcast. I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> so why are we here? Why are we doing this podcast? Well, I think it's important to uh, kind of introduce ourselves as, as a new healthcare entity that's coming into the marketplace and, uh, and help provide a perspective on what we hope to accomplish and a little bit about ourselves and who we are. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Is this a way that we can reach people? You know, um, it's an important way to get out and, and, and talk through podcasts, people out there listening to it. It's a way for them to, to be in touch with doctors and to hear more about healthcare issues. Yeah, I think it's a, a, a way for people to, at their own convenience, find out about things that are important to them. Identifying who they want to see, what's, uh, what is changing in the environment of healthcare, because it's, it's, turning into such a different entity than it used to be, and they want to be involved with it. So I think this is a good outlet for us to be able to share what we think about it and then hear from them as far as what they want. That's that's fantastic. I think you're you're right on with that. Um, just to start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, yeah. Dr. Kaiser? So uh, I have kind of a diverse uh, background from uh, most physicians. I actually started uh, as an engineer. I was an electrical engineer, and I worked for one of the, at that time, large tech companies, IBM. I think you've probably heard of them. And uh, that's fantastic. An engineer that, that goes into yeah. medicine later on. Yeah, there was a few of us that actually in our medical school that, that were engineers and then went into medicine. Hmm. <clears throat> I worked in um, engineering, uh, various engineering fields and then um, managerial fields. I got a, a couple other degrees, an MBA and a master of science, industrial engineering. And then I decided, well, that wasn't enough school. I yeah. need to go back yeah. and get my MD more. degree. <laughs> Let's go for some more. Sign up for some more. So you're going from C++ to CPR. Yeah, exactly. That's what's happening. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, <laughs> Very good. And so now you're president of Salsa Health. Yep. Um, I'll kind of fill in the, the gaps there. So after I finished residency, I came to Idaho uh, to work with Salzer Medical Group. So I've been with Salzer Medical Group since I came out of residency program. Uh, I've been in the community about 20 years. I've been president of Salzer Medical Group for about 10 years now. Wow. Okay. Well, Idaho is the place to be, right? Truly is. It's a beautiful place. We were we were very impressed when we moved here. We were from the East Coast always. And uh, when we came out here, we're like, wow, this is actually really nice. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I was born and raised in Idaho, cool. southeastern Idaho, grew up in a small town. You know, my father was a physician. He was internal medicine. And and just watching his interaction with patients was just always so inspiring to me. He cared so much and really put his heart and soul into it. Uh, my, you know, my grandfather was a physician as well. And now I'm married to a doctor. So I've kind of been involved and been around the healthcare environment my whole life. You know, I think the issues we're going to be talking about on this podcast are really issues that affect everyone. It's issues that are important to, to your families. I'm the mom of four kids. So, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to really delve into some of these issues and, and talk about them, may hopefully make them more understandable and more transparent and, and really, you know, give a um, perspective to, to patients about, you know, where healthcare is going. Yeah, I think this is a, a good avenue to do that. And I think it'll be fun. I think yeah, that will be great. It'll be great. Okay, so I think we'll start off with our first guest here. And you've worked closely with him. This yes. is um, Ed Castledine. Yes, Ed Castledine. So glad to have you, Ed. Um, Good morning. And uh, uh, I think that our future is um, is extremely bright. And why don't you just take a few minutes to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and your history. Uh, I sure. know you from going back quite a long ways in the healthcare industry here in, in this marketplace. But why don't you just share with everyone your background? Yeah, thanks. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to to join you two and, uh, and talk about something that's near and dear to all of our hearts. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing that a great opportunity that we have, I think, to be involved in healthcare. Uh, a long time ago, I heard, heard something from Gary Fletcher, who used to be the chief operating officer in various positions over at St. Luke's. He said, sacred's health or healthcare is sacred. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, I just think it's a, it's a, it's a really wonderful thing to be able to be this involved in, in, in improving people's lives. And, and uh, I've been really fortunate, you know, to be a part of the healthcare community for quite a while. I grew up in Nampa, um, so pretty much a lifelong Canyon County guy. 
And uh, really, my, my first uh, view into healthcare came through my mom. My mom uh, is a nurse. Uh, she's retired for, I've been retired for about 15 years or so, but she ran the, uh, the home health uh, entity for Mercy uh, a long time ago. And so growing up, especially when I was a little kid, I get to go, get to go in the car with mom and <laughs> drive all over, you know, Canyon County and, and oh, watch her care cool. for, for patients. And that really was, uh, I think, especially in my last 10 or 15 years, probably more um, influential on me than I probably even realized uh, in terms of my perspective about the healthcare needs, uh, uh, especially the people of the West Treasure Valley. Because you're right there. You were right there with her, seeing the needs of patients. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, maybe it kind of maybe in like your situation with your dad being a physician, you you, you see it up close. Yeah. And uh, and even though maybe I wasn't aware of it when I was a kid, um, you know, it really influences you. And you end up with a perspective about the importance of healthcare, care um, and then the diversity of the people that, that, that really need services. And then you get to see uh, firsthand uh, people that need care and that maybe haven't had it in the past. Um, and so, yeah, it really, really, uh, really impacted me. Yeah, I like how you say that. It's sacred. It really is, right? The, the relationship between the healthcare providers and their patients. And yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it's such a, it actually, from my perspective as a physician, it's probably the most privileged position you can be in. You can help people. Uh, you, can, you can change people's lives. And you get to know great people and you interact with them all the time. You mm -hmm. see them at all levels. So I, I think it's just a, a great, great field. And I think we can, I think we can kind of go back a bit in our new relationships with patients to a way that I think was more intimate and more interesting and more helpful to patients mm -hmm. as we kind of move ahead. So I'd like to hear some of your thoughts on, on what uh, you think uh, we're moving towards with our, our new relationships. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the things that, that j when you when you're talking about that, Dr. Kaiser, it, it strikes me, I, I've been, I've been able to throughout my career, I've been able to, to work really closely with physicians. And, um, and uh, it's been, it's been really amazing to get close to a lot of you guys enough so I can kind of live a little bit vicariously through you. Uh, you know, I can't imagine all the schooling you had to go through. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's incredible your your path, but but being close enough to you guys to to actually watch you care for people uh, is something that's also been really instrumental for me because um, when you see that that it's not just uh, it's not just providing a service for folks, it's actually uh, developing a relationship. And when you do that uh, with a patient who really puts their lives in your hands, that trust is 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 an amazing thing. And I. I think that we have an opportunity to to create systems and entities and partnerships um, to to really bring that back to the forefront of medicine. And uh, and, you know, if I get to participate in that in a small way, um, I'm 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 really excited about it. And I the, the fun thing for us is, is that we know the physician community pretty well. We know yeah. lots and lots of physicians and, and, and nurses and mid levels, APs and and uh, you know RNs and and all the different uh, acronyms, people that are trained to, to take care of people. And when you know those people, um, you can pretty easily see uh, where there's uh, the the ability to provide great care. And I think you know on the on the business side, we just need to to do a better job of creating environments for for that care to happen. No, I think that that, and you know, when you think about a doctor and you think about a patient, maybe in your mind, you kind of have this idea of the, you know, 1930s doctor with the doctor bag, you know, visiting patients and that very close relationship is very intimate. And so, you know, the question is, is that, is that possible in today's environment? Can we still have that strong relationship with our patients? Yeah, I think, I think it, it takes different forms now. And I think that's what the advantage is. I think we can now with use of technology, we can advance that level of care much beyond what we were ever able to do before. Just the amount of information that we have in the medical field now is so expanded. And so it, you need the technology to help use it and identify what's the best thing for the patient and to allow the patient to have much more access, you know, over a broader scope of time that really helps them in their daily life because we're all very busy. And so we need to figure out ways to help that patient get the care they need when they need it and in a form that works for them. Well, I think we can use technology uh, to our advantage and, and, uh, and certainly uh, we're, we're, a, we're a very connected society. And, um, and, you know, even though I like to grouse at my kids for how much the screen time they have, um, you know, those kind of tools are really, they're, they're a benefit to us. And I think, you know, we, we can interact with, with, with people in a different way 
and probably commu- you know create communities of people uh, maybe in a little bit uh, more effective way than we were in the past. But I, I, I agree with Dr. Kaiser. I mean, we've got to we've got to work hard to, to to keep the patient at the center of our attention. And I'm speaking to the business people. The physicians naturally do that, but but the business of healthcare has has to really make some fundamental changes. Uh, in order to make sure that the care that the physicians are able to deliver uh, really is is uh, is the best it can be, and uh, we we need to make sure that we we keep the the cost under control, um, uh, so that way the, the the patient and the physician can continue to work together as effectively as they used to. All right. So before we get into costs, and you know what the primary drivers are for costs in healthcare right now, which I think is a fascinating discussion, maybe if we could get a little bit of background on Salser and where it's been, you know, its history, where it's been, and now where we're at right now. I mean, because this is a big moment. Yeah, I think it's a great company. As I said, I've been with it 20, 20 years, but the history of Salser goes back 75 years. A, a, a wonderful physician, uh, Dr. Joel Salser, uh, he started in, in Nampa community by recognition he was a primary care provider, and he recognized that there needed to be more care in that community and that there needed to be specialty care also as well as primary care. So he embarked on a journey of trying to put together some, some other specialties that could come to the community and provide it to the patients in that location, and then it continued to grow. It kind of just developed its own life. It took many forms and different changes through the years. Um, and then we grew into a fairly large group. We were the largest multi-specialty group uh, in the state of Idaho. Um, and then um, we uh, branched into a lot of different fields, uh, including ancillary services and all those kind of things. And then we went through a phase where the whole uh, healthcare industry was kind of being turned upside down. And there was an uncertainty in the future. <clears throat> now, is this does this have to do with um, changes in healthcare law? Yeah. So, so Affordable Care Act and some of the other. Uh, so, 2010, somewhere in there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, some of the other uh, uh, legislative changes that were occurring. There was a whole movement in the United States to consolidate uh, as much as we could to in an effort to provide better care to patients. And so we thought that was the appropriate way to go. So we looked around for different partners and we partnered with um, a a local entity, St. Luke's system, healthcare system, and we entered into an agreement with them. Unfortunately, the the federal courts did not think that was an appropriate move. And so there was a trial and we had to unwind. We unwound that transaction um, and was we, it a monopoly issue? Is that what it was? Yeah, it was a local market monopoly issue okay. for primary care. Um, and so the decision was made that uh, we had to unwind to prevent that monopoly situation from being in effect. So we did that. It was a very amicable relationship. Uh, we searched for different partners and we've gone through two steps. We engaged an, another company, Change Healthcare, uh, who was providing the managerial services for the group. Um, and then that's been going on for a couple of years. And then a new opportunity came in front of us, which is an, a relationship with BVA. We think this is an exciting new way for us to fundamentally change the business and do what we thought we were going to do when we joined St. Luke's, which was expand and provide new innovative care to our patients. And I think we have a great opportunity with this new company, with BVA and our relationship and our history to be able to provide that. So it's quite exciting. Yeah, because the area is growing so much. You, you want to be able to provide this excellent care to more and more people. And so here's a chance, right, Ed? Here's a yeah, chance. Yeah, this is, uh, it's, it's really exciting. I, I think uh, it just is, is funny listening to Dr. Kaiser kind of go back through history. Um, I think that, that you know, somebody asked me the other day when I, when I first was acquainted with, with working with Salter, and I said, well, it was, it was my pediatrician. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've been going to Salter to receive care uh, since I was probably six. Um, and uh, Dr. Uh, Joe Papiz was my uh, pediatrician. He just retired a few years ago. And uh, so I, my, some of my earliest memories were, you know, finishing uh, school and then getting on my bike and riding over to Salter to get my allergy shots or, or whatever. And I would, I would kind of hang out over there and bug the doctors and the nurses and just kind of hang around waiting for mom to get off work. And, and then, you know, through the years, I've, I've, I've had care over there for years and years. And, uh, and so it's, uh, there's, there's so many great memories. And so the opportunity to partner with Salter now, uh, after going through the situation with the courts, uh, when I was with St. Luke's, you know, we did, we had a lot of great ideas and I think we really were on the right track. Um, and then unfortunately that, that wasn't able to move forward, but, but the opportunity we have now, 
I think a lot of it is really similar um, because the people really haven't changed. It's the same people for the most part uh, with the same ideas and the same passion for, for, for the community. And so, um, yeah, I think this, this partnership that we're, that we're developing is, 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 a, is a good one. And, and I think we're focused on the right things. Excellent. Excellent. So a little bit, you mentioned, um, you were with St. Luke's, um, a little bit about that. Yeah, I was with St. Or Luke's. Or I guess just more of your background. Yeah, I think. And your um, position now, what your position now is and well, how it's and, different from other positions you've had. Yeah. And I can, I'll, I'll go back a little bit. I, you know, despite what I've told you about, about my mom's influence on my, my career, I really didn't really understand that until I was probably out of college. Um, I, uh, you know, like, like most, uh, most junior high and high school boys, uh, I wanted to make a living playing sports. Uh, and then at some point in my life, I realized that's probably not going to be able to happen. Uh, I, I began to think about, you know, work and, and my, my first job actually Doug Holloway, uh, gave it to me over in Boise at Park Center Health Club. And I, I worked there for a while and we had physical therapy there. So I started interacting with the physical therapist and that was where I really started seeing what, what these, what they were doing in healthcare. And it was pretty interesting. And so I kind of got different jobs th th throughout the, throughout the, the first 10 or so years of my early career. And then I got hired over at Treasure Valley Hospital, which is a local um, for-profit physician owned hospital and, and worked there for about five years and uh, really enjoyed my time over there. Uh, really got to learn a lot about the physicians, uh, the inner workings of a hospital, even though it's small, it, it, it had a lot of the uh, a lot of the the uh, areas of medicine I just had never been exposed to, so really enjoyed my time over there. And then I went over to St. Luke's, and and uh, and going to St. Luke's was a big step for me. Uh, I, I never really envisioned myself working for a big health system, and uh, went over there and and uh, became the administrator for for orthopedics and neurosciences and rehab and some of those things, and really uh, got to meet some of the best people I've ever worked with in my life, and. Um, really enjoyed my time over there and then was fortunate enough to go to Nampa uh, when the opportunity came up to develop the hospital uh, for St. Luke's. And that was a big project. That was a big project. Yeah. That was, uh, um, you know, I, I knew it going in that, that someday I would look back and say, boy, I'm so excited. I was able to be a part of that. Um, but boy, when you're in the middle of it, um, it it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a daunting challenge. However, uh, doing it inside the context of a, of a really good team of people that were all focused on the same goal um, made it, uh, made it doable. And ultimately, yeah, we successfully opened it. And, uh, so I still, I'll, I'll always drive by that. I live just a, you know, a mile or so away from that hospital every day when I drive by it, I'm, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it makes me feel very good to have been, been a part of that. Um, and then, you know, after, as, as, uh, things have it, I, you know, Tommy and I, we started talking a little bit and, and saw a great opportunity to, to, uh, to really do something that I had never done before. Um, uh, which is uh, develop a, a medical group and then partner with Salter and, uh, and to, uh, to do these things that we're, that we're contemplating now. Okay. So let's talk about what's ahead for BVA in your role and what big projects are coming and what big things are coming. I think a good way to, you know, start this off is to talk about the healthcare environment currently as it is. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, believe and are talking about how healthcare costs are, you know, pretty high. You know, is it affordable, affordable for patients and what can be done about that? What can be done about transparency with, with costs? So, um, if you wanted to speak to that, Ed. Sure. Um, and we, and, and we could talk about statistics all, all day long. I think the, the one I, I, I probably talk about the most, uh, everywhere I go is the fact that 75% of Idaho do not have the liquid assets necessary to cover their deductible, uh, in today's environment. And, um, and you know, really what that means is that means that people, uh, number one, they can't afford the care that they're getting, that they're receiving, but it also means that because of that, they're not going to seek care as much as they should. Um, and so w that's something that we're very focused on, uh, in our partnership with, with Salter, we believe we're going to get at, uh, that, that issue. What I would say, I, I guess at a, at a high level, you know, in the Treasure Valley and, and, and throughout Idaho, but especially I think in the Treasure Valley, because we can speak to it because we're here, we're very fortunate to have um, very high quality of health care. Uh, the, the physicians and the leaders at St. Al's and at St. Luke's uh, and at HCA at West Valley um, are some very, very good people, very well-intentioned and, 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 and are doing a, a really good job of providing high uh, uh, quality clinical care. And, um, and, I, and I think sometimes that gets lost in the conversation about cost. Um, 
the cost is certainly higher than it needs to be. It, it has to be addressed um, so that we can uh, so that we can continue to improve uh, people's lives. But uh, right from the outset, we need to understand that the that the clinical care that's being provided is very very good. The standard um, is high in the area. It's a very high standard, yeah. which is which is which is really great. I think that that um, that the cost is something that we're that we're very focused on, and uh, and and it's a really it's a it's a tricky thing to address cost while not compromising quality. And one of the things that you have to to have in order to do that is you have to have very very good physicians, uh, which is one of the reasons why we're so excited about the opportunity to partner with uh, with Salter. Yeah, I think that um, the whole cost equation is is very complex, but on the other hand. We know that if we can do preventative care for patients and if we can identify how you keep them healthy and getting those individuals into the healthcare system before they become sick is a key aspect to it. And then second, redirect some of those resources onto caring for the very, very ill and giving them the care as early as you can in the process so that you don't end up with a very, very expensive things. And I think there's in the infrastructure of healthcare, which is, I think what's exciting for us working with BVA, there are some opportunities to change the infrastructure of the healthcare to make it more affordable, to not be uh, in an environment where it's just all very, very overhead driven, very cost heavy burden that gets incorporated into the cost of the healthcare. And I think we need to be sharing that with patients. I think they need to be able to know, what is this really gonna cost me? And what are opportunities that I have to change that cost profile? What can I do to make it so it's better and less costly overall for me, for my employer, for the whole community? We do have a real serious advantage, I think right now, uh, in that uh, just the time frame with which okay. we're talking about developing new services and new partnerships, because you know, fundamentally, it, 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 when you when you develop something in a new environment, you're going to develop it differently than you would have, you know, five, 10, 20 years ago. And so as we as we contemplate um, new services and programs and, uh, and and partnerships to develop today, well, we're developing them with the framework of the past of seeing what's happened in the past. And so, um, you know, that really that really changes our perspective about what types of services should we be offering and where should we be offering them? And um, and so we do we do have that advantage. Uh, I think that we we were it's one of the reasons why we're so excited about working with Salters because those physicians then and especially Dr. Kaiser can then really influence the 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 creation of a new of a new delivery uh, entity, a new a new uh, a new and exciting sort of uh, fourth wheel to the valley about uh, about choice that, uh, for people to receive their health care and doing it in the day and age that we are today. Uh, does give us an advantage. No, oh, that's fascinating. So it's you're building off of this legacy of Salser, but you're going forward with a new vision and incorporating technology and new things to make the patient experience better. Yeah, and I think that the relationship that we are developing with BVA um, is really also very helpful in making changes rapidly. I mean, it, we as an independent group in our history have been able to adapt and make changes and it sometimes is difficult to do that in larger organizations. And I think in this new uh, organization, we're building that as a part of the foundation, being able to try things and change them if they don't work and then move into other directions rapidly. I like that. that all, that's, like a, that. that's a great point too, yeah. John, because I think that's, you know, it's a, it's a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a fun thing to be uh, associated with and surrounded by people who don't see all the obstacles. I mean, we, we, we see opportunities and I think we, we definitely need people around us that that can point out the challenges and the pitfalls and the and maybe the mistakes that have been made in the past so that we don't make those same mistakes in the future. But I would say uh, within Salter and then within BVA and this partnership, there are a lot of people that see a lot of opportunities and that's a that's a really fun thing. And it develops it, it creates its own momentum uh, and the expectation that that uh, that we can do what we're setting out to do and that while there's there's challenges certainly um uh none of those challenges are, are uh, present obstacles that we can't overcome absolutely okay so you talked about uh ed when people you know they're at a point where they may not be able to afford even the deductible they're at a point where they may even be delaying care that they need 
Does that make it more expensive down the road if they're not getting the care that they need in the timing that they need it? Yes, absolutely. And Dr. Kaiser can speak a lot more eloquently than I can to this, but I know uh, from working with the physicians and then seeing on the, on the, on the financial side of, of healthcare, uh, delayed care does become more costly. Um, and, uh, and delayed care creates more cost. Uh, and then a lack of access to care, uh, creates more cost. You know, I, uh, we, you know, we, we have, we suffer from a lack of, uh, primary care physicians and internal medicine physicians in this community. Uh, and especially the further West you go, the greater the need is, um, I believe last time I checked the ratio of family practice physicians to uh, to uh, residents in Canyon County. I think it was one to every thirty three hundred people. The ratio nationally is uh, one to fifteen hundred and the ratio in Ada County is one to eleven hundred. So you can see the further west you go, the, the more challenges we have. And so, you know, when people can't get into their doctor uh, to see them when they have a need, um, uh, that's a, that's a problem and it create and it, and it does escalate the cost when they do finally receive care. Dr. Yeah. K, what do you think? Yeah. If you just think about, uh, patients who don't have access or don't choose to access their physicians when they're healthy for wellness exams and doing screening tests, then they're not going to know about that illness until it's significantly advanced and significantly more difficult to treat, which has a direct impact to cost. If it just were able to intervene in that process two steps earlier, you would have saved the patient a significant amount of harm and the whole healthcare system would have benefited by a much reduced cost. And so it's population health. It's how you improve the health of the entire population of the community. And that isn't just the sickest people, that's everyone. So that's where we need to get to. Gotcha. And it's amazing too. Now that we're, I mean, with doing the work that we're doing and working with uh, varying consultants and and certainly the payers, the you know the the, the major payers, uh, insurance companies in the in the community, and then of course with these great physicians, the physicians they know what's coming. I mean they you know they they can predict with great accuracy you know what if, you know what I'm going to need here in the future. I mean you know 15 minutes with a primary care physician and and he or she will tell me exactly what I need to be paying attention to and. And, uh, and, and what I need to do to prevent the onset of, of, of preventable diseases uh, that if I don't change my lifestyle, I'm going to have down the road. And that's, if you just think about that, you know, we're, 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 we're really excited about answering those questions about how do we make it more normal for these, uh, for these conversations and more natural uh, and more frequent to occur sure. with our community and our, and our physician community. So we've gotten away, maybe. We've gotten away from primary care. Absolutely. And, and I think the in some ways, there. And, and, you know, and, and again, if I, if I just speak for, for all of us in the West, we're a very much a, uh, uh, just rub dirt on it and it'll get better, uh, community. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we don't preventatively seek healthcare. And so what Dr. Kaiser is referring to, we're talking, we're talking about, uh, using technology and through relationships, uh, creating an environment where it becomes more normal. Uh, and more expected to go uh, take accountability and take responsibility for your health by seeking out uh, education and healthcare early. Yeah. So maybe as the patient, we don't understand that. We're like, okay, right. I'm, I'm in my thirties, I'm in my forties, you know, do I need to get a, a wellness check? I mean, is this even important for me or I'm just kind of cruise along till something bad happens. And if you so it's a different mindset. We need to change the mindset. It absolutely right. is. Education is so important and getting that message out to the community. And then just even think about how we, approach emergency room access. I mean, we kind of think of that as the way to enter into the healthcare system. That's not the best way to enter into the healthcare system. We have great ERs here. We have great ER physicians. They do a tremendous job, but it is not the right place for a lot of the care that goes on there. A lot of that care should be taken care of in a primary care setting, in a, a different type of lower level of care than that. And it, it all reflects on the cost equation and what you can do for that patient and follow up and all the aspects that are so important. Yeah. And that's, that's just tied in with costs. Yep, it's the most absolutely. expensive place to go is the yep. ER. And if we had yep. some of our ER physicians in here, they would tell you, cause yes. I've, they've told yeah. me, I've watched this happen mm -hmm. where it's so hard for them when they, that when they're dealing with patients in the emergency room 
and they're acting as primary care doctors. Yeah. That's a, it's very frustrating for them because they know that the person that they're dealing with doesn't really need to be there. They could be seen in a primary care physician's office for a fraction of the cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, but they, some people don't have good access. And so they, their idea, just like doctors saying, their idea of, of, of healthcare and primary care is, well, you go to the emergency room. Okay, so we have we have Salser with its legacy of primary care. Then you have you're coming together with BVA. So how are you going to keep that focus on primary care? And in addition to that, what other specialties will be included? You know, in the future developments, is it? You know, how does that look? Well, I think we've we, we've got to stay focused. Uh, we've got to stay focused for sure on what the patient, what the communities need. And uh, I'm curious about what Dr. Kaiser's perspective is on the physician side. Yeah, I mean, I I think the the most important base, which is what we've recognized in Salsa for forever, is that primary care has to be the core of what you base your healthcare practice, your healthcare system on. And then you add on to it appropriate specialty care. I mean, we want to be a, uh, have specialty care in as many areas as we possibly can, but we wanna be able to do it in a very cost-effective and efficient way. So I, I think as we kind of work our way through this whole process, we're gonna identify where should it be and how much should it be? We know that if you over, if you provide um, excessive amounts of specialty care, you probably will increase cost. You will probably do things you don't need to do. We don't wanna get in that trap. We wanna be in a trap that says, we've got the primary care base and we know what specialty care we need and we're gonna help identify to patients when they should access that care and how they should access that care. Awesome. That's exactly right. And we, I think that when we, when we stay focused on what the patient needs, it always comes back to primary care, internal medicine, pediatrics, these bread and butter specialties that are, that are so important that, that, that really become the framework that the entire health system is built on. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, Ed, I think something we'd like to hear more about is your team. I mean, you guys are getting ramped up. You're going to be doing a lot of medical development here in the area. So you're from Canyon County. I hear you've got some Canyon County people coming in. Tell us more about your team. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, for those of people that know me know that that's probably my favorite thing to do. I love building teams, uh, whether I was at early in my career or at Treasure Valley Hospital or when I was early on at St. Luke's, building teams is something that I I, I absolutely love to do, and uh, and so it's a it's a it's a pretty fun thing to be able to start doing that again. Uh, we've we, we've added two two folks, two guys to our, our team so far. Uh, one his name's Josh Helwidge. Uh, Josh has been a longtime friend, uh, very well respected uh, physician recruiter and and business develop uh, de- business developer here in the valley, um, uh, a lifelong Canyon County resident. That wasn't on purpose. It was just he had the skills that I knew uh, we needed to add to our team, uh, because one of the things that's very important for us is to is to make uh, make great connections with the physician community. And um, and you know you you can hire a lot of different people that um, that know how to do things uh, in terms of building businesses and those kind of things. But but we do everything through through relationship, uh, and and that's and that's really important because if if you if you hire people. And you develop a team that actually cares about people, you're going to get a lot further. And, and I've been really blessed throughout my career to be surrounded by people like that. So I so I that's who I look for. Uh, and and Josh has had a long a long history of developing very very good and trusting relationships throughout the healthcare community uh, in the Treasure Valley. So we're excited to have Josh. Uh, the other person that we recently hired uh, is Matt Kaiserman. Uh, Matt, uh, probably people will recognize his name. He played football for Boise State. Uh, and was a was a great running back there, and and uh, a really uh, one of the best running backs Skyview High School has ever had uh, over here in Nampa. And so, uh, but I, I ran into Matt uh, a number of years ago when we wanted to develop a concussion clinic uh, over at St. Luke's. And at the time, Matt had uh, had uh, retired from football uh, because of uh, a few concussions, and uh, he was actually uh, lobbying our uh, our representatives uh, over at the the state house. And, uh, and so, uh, he was in the process of moving through concussion legislation. And, uh, when we were putting that program together, we thought, Hey, we need someone that's, you know, that really understands the issue and, and is excited about, uh, uh, changing the law, uh, and, and improving the safety of our, of our kids that play football and, uh, got to know Matt and probably 10 minutes after meeting him the first time, I, I thought this, this kid knows what he's doing. 
very uh, well-spoken and passionate about, about the, the, the medical industry and really working hard to, to make changes. So I basically uh, just uh, uh, tracked him down until he agreed to, to work for us. We hired him to, to develop the concussion clinic and worked with some physicians, uh, uh, Dr. Nelson and, and then a, a, a lady by the name of Christy Pardue. And they, those three put together this concussion clinic at, at St. Luke's. It's a phenomenal service. Uh, but I always knew when, when, I, when I decided to, to, to join BVA, uh, Matt was one of the first people that came to my mind uh, because he's a technical expert as well. He, he finished his MBA at, at, uh, over at Boise State a few years ago. Uh, and then we, uh, we put him through the uh, fellowship program at St. Luke's on the leadership side. And he completed that and, and then could have gone anywhere. And uh, thankfully, we were able to keep him at St. Luke's. And he uh, worked with physician services. And then he went up to McCall and he was their director of operations for the McCall Hospital and did a, a, an incredible job. But just like Josh, Matt's another um, uh, leader who, who really leads through uh, servant leadership. And, uh, and Matt uh, is a technical expert, there's no question, but his, uh, his primary strength is, is, uh, is leading and developing relationships in the physician community, uh, very well respected. Uh, and so, yeah, we're excited to have those guys. So he's uh, obviously another Canyon County guy. So yeah, we, we do have, a, we're, we're a little heavily stacked uh, in the West right now. I'm sure at some point we'll, um, we'll, uh, we'll lower our standards and hire an Ada County person <laughs> at some point that'll, that'll happen. But yeah, we're really excited about, about the team we're putting together. Yeah. That's, that's so good. Um, yeah, it just, it, it feels like it's very personal for everyone here, right? Yeah. It is. It's a family and we and we we like to treat it that way. And I know that's the way Dr. Kaiser has led Salter for the number of years as well. Yeah. I think that, um, that it's great to be in a community, uh, in a project that is developed in the community and that you can expand. Uh, it, we're unique here in some aspects and understanding that in that whole environment, I think is really key and helps us figure out what we should be providing for the future. So it's exciting and it's nice. Great. And then together, can you guys give us, I know maybe not everything is, you know, something you can share at this point, but can you tell us more about going forward and medical development here in the Treasure Valley? Um, what does that look like for Salser and BBA? Yeah. So, so we have identified um, where we think we should uh, move from uh, a a physician offices and types of services we should be providing and we'll gain more clarity uh, in exactly how that's going to be deployed uh, over the next couple months. Uh, we think it's going to happen fairly fast um, and that we do want to increase access points for our patients. So that's one goal. We want to be able to uh, kind of identify what we can do to help patients get to the care they need from a more open access standpoint for our providers. So that's another important step to it. And then the specialties, we know some that we need to have. We have some within Salzer, and we've identified some key ones that we would like to incorporate fairly quickly. So, so it'll be unrolling fast. Yeah. I can't give and you a whole is, lot of specifics. This is Canyon County, this is Ada, this yep. is this is happening right. all around. Yep. That's one thing, and we're really excited about that because I think you know, we, we obviously been very focused on Canyon County and Salter, but Salter's been in Ada County for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, we've have, we have offices over in off Eagle Road next to St. Luke's and Meridian and, and uh, actually downtown. And we, 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 so we have services already in Ada County, uh, but we are excited to expand in primary care, uh, urgent cares and those kind of things to, to improve people's access. And, uh, and, and to Dr. Kaiser's point, we do have, uh, you know, Salter has quite a few specialists today. Uh, and, uh, and there are certainly other, other specialists uh, that we that we're excited to partner with, uh, I think that that all with the goal of of, uh, of of providing outpatient related services in the in the in the environment that it's the the, the most cost effective. Uh, so for surgeries instead of it, it happening in the hospital, is that what you're saying as far as outpatient? Yes, I think uh, one of the things that's happening around the country is is we're we're really uh, taking a second look at why why do we do outpatient surgery in the inpatient setting because the inpatient environment. Uh, is the most costly environment you can have your healthcare, and so uh, where where those services can be provided on an outpatient basis in an outpatient related specialty setting, the costs are a fraction uh, of the inpatient world. And so we're working hard to develop that plan uh, where we can where we can uh, take uh, take that business into the outpatient setting because we know it's uh, it'll be a more cost effective setting for the patient. Yeah, I think that you know we there is a place and there is a definite need for hospitals, inpatient care, 
But we actually make them, I think, we make them more inefficient if we put things in the inpatient setting that can be done just at, with the same level of quality in an outpatient setting. Cost is different. Usually it's a better access for the patient. It's much more comfortable for the patient. So I, so I think it's that we are complementary. And so I think that's what we're looking to strive is what's that balance and what can we provide to the community that'll help. I think it's, it's sort of right-sizing the, whole, the yeah. whole structure because the environment we talked about a few minutes ago in the emergency department, that's a, that's a microcosm of what we're talking about. You know, when you, when you take a, a well-running emergency department, but you load in there a whole lot of patients who don't have emergencies, then when the patient comes in that does have a real emergency, like a stroke, heart attack, or something that really needs urgent care, maybe life and death, um, and, the, and the ED is full, of patients that don't have emergencies, that's a real problem. Um, and similarly, whether it's on the outpatient side in the in the hospitals, if you if you if you're doing a lot of outpatient work in those inpatient settings, you are we are making them less efficient, and we are driving up the cost of, of care. So this strategy is a, is a, is is a central to what we're what we're doing. Okay, yeah. So a growing community, you're looking to provide more access to patients as we have more patients in the area, and um, and that's part of. Uh, reducing costs by making some of these things that maybe before was more ho hospital centric, moving it more towards the primary model. So I guess just to dig a little bit deeper into costs, what are other ways that we can reduce costs and increase transparency? I mean, as a patient, sometimes you go in and it's a big mystery, right? How much is something going to cost? It's like, okay, I'll go in and hope for the best, right? I'll get, I'll get the bill and eventually find out. So that's not a that's not a great position for a for a patient, right? I mean, there's not really another business that's like that where you just go and you don't know what you're paying. Yeah, I know. The last time I, I bought a car, they pretty much told me to yeah. the penny what it was going to cost. Right. Uh, and uh, and anyway, yeah, we <clears throat> I know that in healthcare we uh, for 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 the last well a lot of years we we've been used to have been very accustomed to being able to to not answer that question. Uh, and 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 you know, really uh, part of the reason is because our systems. Uh, in the hospital world, they're just not set up to really give the exact cost easily. Um, you know, they're they're not cost-based accounting systems for the most part uh, is is one real weakness. But but the other thing is just the complexity of healthcare. You know, you know, you know, despite the the, the big systems desire to try to tell you exactly what it's going to cost, at the end of the day, and Dr. Kaiser can tell you. You know, when you're taking care of a patient and you're doing surgery or delivering a baby or whatever the the, the physician's doing. If things happen that are outside of the physician's control or or stuff that he has to do or she has to do to respond to something that was unanticipated, oh, sure. it just yeah. increases the cost. And so when somebody wants to know, well, what's it going to cost? You know, that can be a difficult question. However, we have to make the commitment to answer that question. Right. And and the and the information does exist. Uh, and so I think part of this, uh, it, it, the opportunity that we have is to uh, is to number one surface what our costs are and make them very public so people can see this is this is what you're going to pay this is what's going to cost you when you when you uh, when you come into one of our facilities and this is new that would be new it would be new yeah and how would you do that would it be out there on the website we we our plans are are to to publish uh, our, our rates everywhere including the including the internet uh, we're also developing some some high tech type tools uh, to make it very easy for patients to very quickly. Uh, see what it's going to cost to receive care uh, within our within the system that we're that we're creating. I think that the other thing that we're really excited about is the partnership with the insurance companies because believe it or not, they they want to assist in this. They they think it's a good a, a good thing as well, and so we're developing those kind of relationships and partnerships for this technology as well. Because at the end of the day, if you've got Blue Cross and you're going to come see one of our physicians or you're going to have surgery or you're going to have to go get an MRI or something. We, we want you to be able to very quickly, uh, you know, pull up on your phone. This is what it's going to cost. And we, through technology, we have the ability to connect the contract, you know, to connect the person's insurance company with our rates and be able to say, this is what it's going to, this is what it's going to cost. It's going to be your out of pocket. Um, that's and a, that's, that, that's a breakthrough. I, it really is for, for, for patients as a mom, as a consumer, that's yeah. new. Yeah, I'll even tell you from a provider perspective, that question is asked so much and it is so frustrating to not be able to answer it for the patient because you know that's what you want to know too. And I think I think we will be able to make some significant strides that have not been made before 
um, depending on how much we can, we, we will know what the cost is within our system. And to the extent we can expand the different services we provide, we'll be able to answer that question. There'll always be some level of unknown based on the, the emergency situations. But I think a patient would think that is so much of an enhancement if they can have 90% of the picture in the cost profile and the carriers will know what the costs are going to be so we can help with what premiums should be set at and all of those things that kind of fall after that that cost structure is kind of better defined. And another component of that is that you have the same, you know, the same medical treatment at one facility is totally different, totally different price yeah. than another facility. And it could be a big variation. Yeah. But patients don't know that. So they may go to the place where it's very expensive and they could have driven, you know, 10 miles down the road, it would have been a much different yep. scenario. So I think that this is this transparency is really going to be a giant benefit. We see that all the time, yeah. uh, whether it's friends, family, people that we talk to, um, where, where, where they, they go to one facility and they had no idea that it cost this much. And then they, you know, a couple of years later or a couple of days later, they go to a different facility and receive the same service. And it's, it's a, the, the price and the cost to them and their family is significantly different. The other thing that I, that I want to mention that I think that in some ways on the business side of healthcare, we've, we've, we've discounted or we haven't just, we just haven't paid as much attention to. And that is the, the physicians know these answers, you know, Dr. Kaiser knows the range of things that, that could change yeah. in terms of treating a patient that could increase the cost. And so I, I want to make sure that we take advantage of that because that's also a part that we can communicate um, uh, in terms of the cost for, for a patient. And, and I think if we build that in uh, through technology and the tools that we're developing today, I think the patient's going to find that that information is very helpful uh, in terms of making decisions of where to seek healthcare. So this is a very inclusive process with physicians, with healthcare providers, right? right I mean, this right. is an open communication to get the best uh, structure in place, the best format in place to, to really provide yeah. the most information to patients. I, I think it's using the physician's knowledge of, of what is the expected course of treatment to what is the other tests that may need to be done and the technology to provide that information back to patients and to be published, you know, so you can compare others. You know, I think that's, I think it's important for us to be transparent and tell patients, here's what our cost will be. Go look at what the others would be. I think that and I want to hit on something that you said, John, a little bit ago. Um, and the reason why I want to point it out is because as a physician, you mentioned it but you didn't really spend any time really talking about it. And it's something that as a non-physician, I've watched you guys deal with for years and years and years. And that is, if we go back to what we were talking about earlier, which is the, the personal relationship that you have with a patient um, and, the, and the amount of care that you have for that patient and their family, a part of that care is being able to answer their questions. Right. And when, they, when you have a patient that asks you a question, uh, okay, how much am I gonna have to spend out of my pocket for this MRI that you say I need? When you can't answer that question, there's a big gap right. and, it, and it creates a gap in the relationship you have with that patient. And I, I, over, after working with a number of physicians over years, it, it's been in the last two to three years that I've seen the stress that puts on the provider. And that's, we don't talk about that. We talk about the stress that it is for the patient not to know, but we often don't turn around and ask the physician, how hard is it for you and your, the relationship that you're building with a patient to not be able to answer such a key question uh, in terms of uh, providing care to somebody. Yeah, because it, like you said, it's not in any other model. So it's a natural expectation for that patient. And all, all providers are like, I, I can't answer it. I'm sorry. Uh, and so it does, you, you know, it erodes the trust somewhat with that patient. And we don't need to have that in the relationship because we have to work together with patients to improve their health. So that's where the transparency and the completeness of the care needs to be incorporated. And I think, I think we're going to make some significant strides in that arena. Well, it's exciting. I mean, it, it's going to take leadership to do this, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take really a team. Absolutely. A team. And yet the, the area is growing. This, this whole area is growing and it's a great place to be. So it's great to have good organizations and, and great people working towards finding solutions to these things. So I appreciate Ed I, Castledine. I appreciate director of uh, medical development here at BVA. I appreciate you coming in and talking with us. It's going to be awesome. Dr. Kaiser, me and you. 
Yes. Talking through some of these healthcare issues. Yeah, I think we'll uncover a lot of interesting things and hopefully provide a lot of good information for patients. And Ed, thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And um, Dr. Kaiser, you're an OB, so we'll be talking about that in the future. Talk a little bit more about some of those issues. We'll be talking about different healthcare issues um, that really just affect all of us. So I think it's going to be a good discussion. And, you know, I'd really just say, though, I mean, healthcare's it's complicated. It's, you know, it's something where if you're in the field, you're really putting a lot of sacrifice. Um, you're putting in a lot of dedication. And I guess the question I'd ask for you, and I'll start with you, Dr. Kaiser, for our first um, episode, and then I'll ask you, Ed, is what makes it worth it? Yeah, I mean, so um, I, as I said earlier, I think being a physician is such a privilege. It is one of the fields that you get great personal reward for. And on the other side of the work that I do, so that's the one with the patient relationships. And so I think all physicians want to enhance that and improve that. So that's our goal for the future. I think on on the business side of it and the administrative side of it, which I've been involved with for quite a long time, I think it's super exciting to see maybe there's something we can really change. We're in an environment with a lot of new companies coming in and very eager to change the models that we're going to work with. So I think we're in a position where we can do that now. And and, and that's what's exciting for me is being involved in making those changes that are really important for the future. How about you, Ed? What makes it worth it to be in this um, industry and to be working towards finding these answers? Well, like I said before, I've just been very fortunate to be able to work with some, uh, some amazing people who, uh, who really care about other people. And that's, uh, the, the, that's what, uh, that's the fun part for me, uh, is when you, when you see, when you get to work really closely with physicians and nurses and all sorts of different people who care enough about others to, to sacrifice themselves, to, to make someone else's life better. Um, I find that, uh, very inspiring. I, I love that. And then I'll just echo, uh, what Dr. Kaiser said. I really do believe that, that the time in which we're, we're forming this partnership and the work that we have ahead of us. I truly believe that, that, that what we're doing is going to change healthcare. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about that. We talk about transformation we talk about all these things. Um, but, but the, the opportunities we have in front of us, I think we're going to look back years from now and say, that's this time frame is when, uh, when things change for the better. And, uh, I'm just super excited about it. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Healthcare Podcast with Dr. K and Lindsay. Join us again for our next episode as we work toward increasing understanding and transparency in healthcare. care.